0: Welcome to the Knox Presbyterian Church podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We hope this resource is a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Good morning. My name is Becca Bruner. I'm the other half of Dave, co-pastor here, and grateful to be with you this morning. Uh, We're going to start out this message this morning with a little game a game you've probably heard of. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. We you know this one? I think it was a TV show for a period of time, Uh, but for those of you who who don't know this game, it's very simple. The name describes it. Uh, The person uh, speaking tells you three things. Two of them are true. One of them is a lie. Those who are listening have to discern which one is the lie. So if we were playing, and indeed now we are, I would tell you... A, I am desperately afraid of heights. B, I have traveled to the continent of Africa four times. Or C, I have five uncles and 20 cousins. So just show of hands here, we're gonna see who knows me the best, uh, who knows what I'm lying about. Uh, who thinks that the lie is A, that I am afraid of heights? Okay, who thinks it's B and C? All right, you kind of know me. All right, in fact, the lie was C, though not a full lie because that is Dave's family, and I think actually he has more uncles and more cousins than that, uh, and he can tell you all about the crazy stories of those folks later, but in fact, that was the lie. I am terribly afraid of heights, and I have traveled to Africa four times. All right, so here's another one. This one's not about me this time, but about some basic Christian truths. I'm going to make three statements Two of them are true, meaning they are consistent with a biblical Christian worldview, and one of them is not. Okay, so we ready? A, God will never give you any more than you can handle. B, we're going to put this in church terms, stuff (laughs) happens. And C, God is good. All right, so one of these is not consistent with a Christian biblical worldview. Two of them are. So who thinks the lie is A, God will never give you any more than you can handle, B, stuff happens, and C, God is good. Margaret's raising her hand on that one. We'll we'll do better, we'll do better. (laughs) Unexpected things when you bring your kids to church. Well, uh, for this one, I will tell you, A is the lie. It is completely untrue and unbiblical. There is no passage of scripture, no Christian concept of a life that is free of hardship or suffering. The entire book of Job is dedicated to this idea, this reality, that sometimes we do get more than we can humanly handle. This line that we throw around at each other sometimes, I think we're trying to comfort each other when we say, God will never give you more than we can handle, but it's just not true. Well, today we are finishing our summer sermon series, Life Verse. For those of you who have been with us this summer, you know that we have spent these 13 weeks talking about the verses that mean the most to us, the passages of scripture for those of us who've been preaching that for us have become life verses. And as we come to this final life verse of the summer, there are two important truths that we need to learn. And those are those second two on that list. Stuff happens and God is good. We learn these two truths from the book of Isaiah verse comes from that book, from chapter 43, and we're going to read from verses 1 through 7. Isaiah says this, he says, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Saba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my sight and honored, And I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory whom I formed and whom I made. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we've got two truths to unpack today. As we said before, stuff happens and God is good. So we're going to start with that first one. Stuff happens. This passage in Isaiah was written to a people who were going through a lot stuff. In 597 BC, Babylonian armies invaded Jerusalem and began deporting all of the Israelites, forcing them to live in Babylon as exiles. In 586 BC, they came back into Jerusalem and just leveled it, burned it to the ground. The entire city, including the Holy Temple, the place where where God himself was supposed to reside, gone. So the people were left powerless, living in a land that wasn't theirs, surrounded by a people who worshipped a god other than theirs, with no real hope that the place that had been their home and the god who had been their god would ever be theirs again. This didn't make sense to them. I mean, they were God's chosen people, right? Shouldn't things be going better for them? Shouldn't things be easier for them? Didn't they deserve a little bit more protection from all this stuff? You know, I find a lot of us in various seasons of our lives ask some pretty similar questions. Often it's more subconscious. We don't necessarily say it out loud, but uh, the varied ways we do say it, the underlying message is kind of the same. We, we end up kind of believing things like, well, if I become a Christian, what that means is more good stuff than bad stuff is supposed to happen in my life because it's God's job to make good stuff happen to me because I believe in him. And then kind of carrying that line of thinking forward, we think, well, because... I'm a Christian, and you're not, whoever you is. I'm a Christian, you're not. More good stuff should probably happen to me than to you because uh, that's God's job. And so if more good things are coming your way than my way, well, that's not good. But the truth that we hear proclaimed by the prophet Isaiah is just as true for us today as it was for the people of Israel then Stuff happens. Notice what Isaiah Isaiah says. He says, when you pass through the waters, when you walk through fire, not if, when. The reality is that stuff happens, bad stuff happens to the Israelite people, to Christian people, to non-Christian people, to good people, to bad people, to all people. There's a woman I overlapped with in seminary for a year. Her name was Amy Connor. Amy came to seminary after already working as a lawyer for a number of years, but during that time she felt a deeper call to serve God more, and so she went to seminary. And Amy was just one of those people who radiated the love and joy and light of Jesus in everything she did. Amy married one of our other classmates, a guy named Jonathan Cornell, and after graduation they moved to Indiana where Jonathan became a pastor, and over a course of a couple years Amy ended up being elected to become a superior court judge in the city of Wabash, Indiana where they lived. They had three adorable children, and Jonathan and Amy were loving and serving God well in what looked like a perfectly idyllic life until one day that Amy was diagnosed with an aggressive form of melanoma, which ultimately took her life after she battled it for two years. Amy suffered greatly as she fought this disease, but even as she suffered, she had it in her to write these words. Just listen. She said, If there's a lesson I am learning through the pain and illness, it is that life is precious and too short to waste on pettiness. Please, please, please look your children in the eye today and tell them with all your heart how much you cherish and love them. Hold them and don't let go until they hear you. If you are blessed enough to have a spouse, do not take up precious time while you are healthy finding fault. Find the good. Praise the good. Hold hands. Just be in each other's presence. If you are blessed enough to go to work, work is a blessing. Work at it today with all your heart, taking pride in a job well done and thanking God that you have purpose and can provide for yourself and your family. If you are facing depression today, get up and move. Go outside. I long for the outside. Take off your shoes and stand in the grass and plant your face toward the sun. Raise your arms up and thank God for your health and another day to praise him. It's going to be okay. If you are overwhelmed, forget about the laundry and the dishes and learn to sit and wait in God's presence. The feelings are just feelings, but we are alive. We have been given today. The God of the universe goes before you, and He is sustaining you. What seems like your downfall may just be the thing God is using for your good. In her life and in her death, Amy embodied this first truth that stuff happens. But in the midst of it all, she also lived out this second truth, that God is good. For as much as I don't like it, the truth is there when you walk through fire, when you pass through the waters. That truth is there, but there's always another truth that follows it. Through the prophet Isaiah, God says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Though we do go through some pretty significant stuff, the promise we must cling to today is that the stuff will not define us or destroy us. By God's power, we will make it through. We will make it through. But I know. I know that when we are in the thick of it, it's hard to remember that. When we are facing the, the real stuff of things like depression and anxiety, divorce and the breakup of relationships, unemployment and financial worries, sickness in ourselves or in someone that we love, Betrayal by a friend, addiction, death, and the myriad of things that can hit us in those moments, we can feel like those things are going to overwhelm us, that we are going to be burned, that we are going to be consumed completely. So the question we have to ask in those moments is how can we believe, how can we experience the truth That God is with us and God is good. Well, the text that we read today gives us some good guidance. In those experiences of trial and suffering, as the stuff of life threatens to overwhelm us, we would do well to do three things we can look up in trust, we can look back in gratitude. And we can look forward in hope. Look up in trust. Acknowledge who God is and what God is capable of. Isaiah puts it this way. He says, but now thus says the Lord. The Lord who who created you. The Lord who formed you. In the words of the Apostles' Creed, we say it like this. We say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. If we're going to make it through our stuff, we need to look up in trust and acknowledge how big our God is. He is infinitely bigger than any of our circumstances. He is the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 19 tells us that the heavens declare the glory of God. Getting out into nature is a really powerful reminder of the goodness, the greatness, the power of God. Several years ago, I was leading a senior high retreat. Uh, We were a group of senior high students and and leaders were out on a houseboat trip. We took a whole week out on a boat on the Shoe Swap Lakes in British Columbia, Canada. We would drive the boats around the lake during the day and then uh, anchor at a random different beach every night. It was suffering for Jesus, let me tell you, but sometimes when the Lord calls, you answer. But every night, where we were, wherever we would dock, we would have a bonfire there on the beach, and one of the leaders would, would give a talk as we had a time of worship, and, and one of the nights, it was my turn to give the talk. And I will tell you for certain I don't remember, nor does anybody on that trip remember, what I said to them that night. But I will tell you what we all remember. As I was trying to give my talk, doing my very best to communicate with them something about the goodness of God, they were sitting on the beach, the, the lake was behind me as I was talking to them, and unbeknownst to me at first, behind me up in the sky, the northern lights began to shine. Now what I should have said was nothing. I should have stopped my talk in that moment and let God speak. But I had worked so hard on this talk and I was kind of annoyed at God overshadowing me so I kept going. Anyway. But I think God knew what he was doing. God knew that the memory of my talk would fade. But the witnessing of his glory that would last forever. When you are in the thick of it, take time to look up and trust. Acknowledge who God is, the one who created you, the one who formed you. He is the creator of every star in the sky, the maker of the northern lights, the one who controls the wind and the waves, the one whom, by whose very breath every mountain and valley was formed. For those of you who, like me, grew up in church, maybe the, the best thing you can do is pull to mind that old song we used to sing. He's got the whole world in his hands. And if you're on that world, which we are, well, that means you're in those hands too. So look up in trust and look back in gratitude. Look back and remember all the good that God has done in the past and let that give you strength in the present. Isaiah says it this way. Do not fear now, in the present, do not fear, for I have redeemed you in the past. I have redeemed you. I have saved you. I have bought you back at great price. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. In the midst of your stuff, look back in gratitude for the ways that God has acted on your behalf in the past. To help me do that, I do a couple of things. One is I pretty regularly keep a prayer journal. When I get up in the morning and I read my Bible, I I sit down to pray and I write it down. And I do that for two reasons, and it kind of serves two purposes. One, in the present, it just helps me process what I'm experiencing and I'm feeling so that I can offer it to God. But then I know that in the future, it will help me to look back as a reminder to see what God has done. And you know, I'm writing it down. I'm so worried. I'm pretending like I'm giving it to God. I'm really trying to hold on to it. But, you know, it, it's it's a it's a balance. It's a back and forth. I give it, I take it. And that's how we, me and God work together. <laughs> but I write it down as that prayer. And then, again, I can look back and go, oh, I was so worried. I was holding on so tight. I forgot how God had me in his hands. And so when the new worry comes, and the new worry does always come, <laughs> I can look back and say, God was good then. I can trust that God will be good now. So that's what that journal does for me. The second thing I do is I collect things. Tangible reminders of the times and places where God has worked in my life. Ebenezer's in everyday life. Ebenezer is one of those uh, Bible words that when you first hear it, it means nothing, but when you learn what it means, it means everything. Ebenezer, we we use it when we sing the hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. We see, here I raise by Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come. It's a word, as far as I know, it only shows up once in the Bible. It comes from a story that happens in 1 Samuel. The prophet Samuel was leading the people of Israel through some really scary stuff. They're about to go into battle with the Philistines, and previous battles have not gone well, so they're scared for how this one's going to go. So to give the people courage, here's what Samuel did. It's in 1 Samuel 7, if you want to read it later. It says, then Samuel took up a stone and set it up between Mitzpah and Shem. He named it Ebenezer. And in most Bibles, there's a little asterisk there. You can look down, and it gives you the definition. It says, which means stone of help. He named it Ebenezer, saying, thus far the Lord has helped us. This stone was meant to be a reminder for all the ways God had helped the people in the past so that that they could be confident that this same God would help them in the present and in the future. I need that same reminder. So what I do is in my office, I have all kinds of little rocks and trinkets and items of, of different kinds littering the bookshelves in there from the various times and experiences where God has shown up in significant ways for me. So if you ever come in, and I would welcome you all to come in, you'll see around different things, like there's a, a rock. Looks to you like just a little rock, but I know that I picked up that rock from the shores of Lake Kariba, Sinazongwe, Zambia. I spent a summer there, seeing the darkness of how the HIV and AIDS pandemic had, had just decimated the population there, but also the light of Christ working through the church and organizations like World Vision. There's a little piece of wood that I picked up from a a beachfront in Lopez Island, Washington. I don't remember exactly what happened that day, but I can remember that I had a significant time of prayer there, and I, I just knew that I wanted to carry a little bit of that with me, that sense of God's nearness and love. There's my name tag from the time I first went through as a participant in a great banquet retreat. There's a painting I made at a prayer retreat several years ago. When you come in my office, you'll see there's not just those, but lots more. Reminders to me that God is good, even if my present circumstances aren't. God has been good in the past. God will continue to be good in the future. I can look back in gratitude. Look up in trust, look back in gratitude, and look forward with great hope. You know, we do all three of those things when we come to this table, when we share in this meal. We look up to God and look to who God is, and we look back to what God has done. For he is the one who so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. At this table, we look up in trust and we look back in gratitude. And at this table, we look forward in hope. For though we live in a world in which a lot of stuff does happen, God has given us this meal which is meant to be a foretaste of a world that is yet to come. A world in which people will come from east and from west, from north and from south, and all take their place at the table in the kingdom of God. A world where at that table, God himself will be with them and will be their God. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things will have passed away. As we come to this table today, I know that some of you are going through some pretty significant stuff And if you aren't today, you have in the past, and you will in the future. We all will. Even in the midst of it, know that God is good. Look up at his goodness and trust. Look back on his goodness and gratitude and look forward in hope to all the goodness that is yet to come. Come and taste and see that God is good, yesterday, today, and forever, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on how to get connected, please visit our website at knoxprez.org. That is K-N-O-X-P-R-E-S dot org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify.